Morning. 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 David. Morning, Rabbi. Okay, so last time we learned, we were discussing the uh, energies of Havaya and Alakim as they are in ourselves. We, we had a we know that the Torah says that a person is supposed to know that a vinyl is the same, but it seems from what we learned so far that not only they're not that they're not the same, but they're exactly the opposite of each other. Havaya is about revelation, Hashem's kindness and mercy, and Alakim is about Hashem hiding himself. So how can we say that Havaya and Alakim are the same? They're, they're diametrically opposed. So to understand this, we began to look at similar energies in ourselves. Uh, as Altaib writes in chapter 3 in Tanya, that all of our soul powers emanate from, so to speak, Hashem's soul powers, uh, the spheres of Atzillus. And what happens in ourselves is a result of what happens in Shemayim. And more, the Torah tells us in Sariyach Salakah, as Rebbe Rashab quotes a post here, from my flesh I perceive Hashem, so not only is it, um, by the way, how, how's, how's this sound? Does it sound okay? It's good, Rabbi. It's Tov. Zev, turn off your uh, mute sound, Shavi. Apologies, Yonatan, apologies. Hey, he's bigger than you. You better apologize. <laughs> Can you hear me? David's muted. Jonathan, can you hear me, Jonathan? Here you yes. good, Rabbi. Here you Beautifully. Good. Beautifully. Okay, great. So, um, says that for my flesh I perceive Hashem, which means that the Abishter in himself is instructing us in the Torah that that's how he's supposed to do things. That's what, that's what a lot of this is based on. Is looking at, at ourselves to understand more about the Abishtha. So this mitzvah, which is actually the title of the Mimer, Yedaita Yim to know Hashem, Yedaita Yim Shesaracha, and Avai Huelukim, this mitzvah is accomplished by looking within ourselves. So what are these two energies in ourselves? There is the ability to the ability to create an idea. And then there's the ability to fine-tune the idea and to look at the details of it and to figure out how far the idea can go. Those are, so there's a power of revelation, there's a power of innovation, there's a power of expression, and there's a power of defining and limiting and, and uh, holding back the innovation and saying, this, this doesn't go so far, it goes up to this point and that, and that, and that doesn't go further. Like, you know when you have a good idea and there's green demons in your head that say it can't work, you know what I'm talking about? So. When you're in the, mo in the moment of trying to uh, create the idea, those green demons are are uh, are, are negative energy. They're, they're just going not, not to allow you, your creative juices in your brain to flow. You have to turn off the green demons. But if you're going to go to do anything without inviting them back to uh, to criticize and to uh, and to uh, uh, analyze, then you're just flying off in the sky. So Hashem gave us two abilities, the ability to create an idea and the ability to fine-tune and define the idea. And when you learn these two energies are similar to Avayin and Kim, they emanate from them. And if we understand that how they are one, then this will help us understand 
Kimmel one. We are now in the Mimer. Before we go inside into the text, any any questions? Okay. We are in the Mimer on page. Um, uh, yeah, we're on page fifty-five. Um, let's go from the dot, which is four lines to the bottom. So the analogy that the Rebbe gave so far is an analogy of, of halacha. You can't come to halacha decision without limiting the ideas and, the, and the, the energy of the ideas and figuring out how far they should go. So too is this with the, a teacher and a student, a giver and a receiver. It's necessary that the giver should contract and hide his intelligence in order that it should be able to be received by the recipient. If you will tell the student his great innovation in this subject, his student will not be able to receive it. He has to hide his perspective from even from himself, as we learned earlier, that's what Simpson means, that you so to speak forget about your own perspective, and only share with a student something which is relevant to him. He has to limit his seichel and only give the student what's relevant to him. Someone wanted to annul a vow yesterday. Why did they want to annul a vow? They unfortunately went to some speaker decades ago who told them that in order to progress in your service of Hashem, you have to take upon yourself a nether. In order to progress in your service of Hashem, you take upon yourself a nether. When you do a nether, a nether is something which is really great to help you advance in the service of Hashem. And, and the, the person qualified and said, take a teeny, teeny, tiny, teeny uh, nether, something very easy, and make it microscopic, and put fences around it, and just go, oh, just do something so, so slight, but it should be a nether. So you actually advance in something. So this person unfortunately made this nether, and uh, and uh, I'd like to tell you that yeah, it was a great idea, uh, but uh, it's not possible for people to learn nowadays because things are we're living in a very changing uh, society, etc. And yeah, a nether one day is a, is is a broken nether the next day. So the teacher had a good idea. He, in his level, perhaps he was correct in his way of serving Hashem. He, he may be from the unique uh, field. He's a known, renowned scholar and author. And the teacher may have had something that, that worked for them. But what they gave to their student was something which is beyond their students. He spoke to a, to a group. and he, so, so there has to be a contraction between, between teacher and student. They can't, the teacher can't give the student what is relevant to the teacher, he has to think about the world of the student. He also has to limit his understanding, shouldn't go too far in order that the student should be able to receive it. If he allows it to go too far, it will be beyond what the recipient can handle. Nimsa comes out that there is a power to limit ideas. The teacher has to employ this power to share an idea with a student, 
he has an insight, but he has to filter it and limit it so that the student can receive it. The power of limitation comes from the same power of innovation. The power to create the idea is this also is, is, is comes from Kayakamaskil, and the power to limit the idea also comes from so the Koyach HaMaskal has both energies in it, the power to create the ideas and the power to limit them. These are the Chesed and the Gvura in the power of Koyach HaMaskal. From the Chesed and Koyach HaMaskal, we get the ability to reveal from the Gvura and Koyach HaMaskal, the ability to limit so this is all an analogy to help us understand how things are in the two names of Hashem. These two powers, the power of Hashem to reveal himself, the power of Hashem to limit himself and to hide himself, both of them come from the essence of Hashem. Just like we would readily agree, it's easy to understand that the power of revelation, the power of Yuki Vavke, comes from the essence of Hashem. We said earlier that light emanates from the sun, light is attached to the sun, light represents the sun because light has a similar kind of energy as light of the sun. So it's easy to say that Yudke Vavke, the power of Hashem's revelation, comes from his essence. It makes sense to, to say that because Yudke Vavke is about the revelation of Hashem's essence. Light comes from the illuminary. Light comes from the Abishter. The Abishter reveals himself. And that revelation is revelation of self. So revelation of self comes from self. So light is like the luminary. Light comes from the luminary. Light is attached to the luminary. So to say the power of Yudke Vavke, the power of Hashem to reveal himself, to say that that's associated with God's essence, that's, that's something that, that we can understand. Yudke Vavke, in Hashem's revelation, is revelation, this power to reveal comes from Hashem's essence. So too, the power to limit Hashem's light, the power to conceal his light, which comes from the name Elohim, that also comes from Hashem's essence. That means Hashem has himself, Hashem himself, the essence of Hashem, has the power to limit. Because of Ezek Kedesh, as it says in the Sefer call of Ezek Kedesh, the Aryans of Shemus He uses the expression to describe the Ebishter, Shemus He is a perfection of everything. Just like he has the ability to do something infinite, he also has the ability to do something he also has the ability to do something which is finite. If you will say he only has the ability to do something infinite, he does not have the ability to do something finite, you are, you are saying he's not perfect. If he's only able to be infinite, he can't be finite, then there's something he's missing. Rather, you have to say, just like the Abishter has the power to be infinite, so too is the power to be limited. 
Now, this is this teaching of Esachedish is brought in the Memorial Mechsidish, which talk about the uh, month of Nisan, the month of Tishrei, and Hashem's miracles and Hashem's uh, hiding his light in nature. That there are two ways to see the greatness of Hashem through miracles and through the consistent energy of Hashem in, in uh, nature. So to say that Abishur is only the Abishur who does the miracles, not the Abishur who makes the sunrise or go, rise up in the morning and, and set at night, you're, you're limiting the Abishur. If you say he's only, of course, if you say he only could do things which fit into what we know as and expect, it's also limiting the Abishur. But the Abishur is Shemus Techula, he's perfection of all. And therefore, he has the ability to do both. He has the ability to make infinite and the ability to, to do things, to, to limit things. So we're all familiar with this. this we're saying so far what we said about ourselves, that we are, our power to limit an idea and our power to create an idea comes from Hamaskal. So too, we're saying by the Abishter, his power to lim- limit things, his power to reveal things come from him. Cain, where did I go? That's what the meaning of Shemelakim is. Shemelakim is a power of Hashem's limitation within Hashem's essence there is a within the, within the infinite light of Hashem there is this ability to limit himself is also the level of the essence of the infinite light of Hashem just like is understood that cannot conceal if both the power to reveal and the power to hide come from him, then one essence cannot hide over itself. Halachically, there brings this example that if you were to put your hand over your head, it would not be considered a kosher kosher covering. Why not? Because your hand is you. You need to cover your head. The same essence cannot cover itself. So it's not considered a covering. The fact that you put your hand over your head, if someone else puts their hand over your head, that's considered a yamaka to a certain extent. But to you, to put your own hand over your head, that's not considered a yamaka at all. That's why people, when they try to put the double head covering, they uh, put their uh, sleeve on their hand, not just their hand. Because of ain't etzim ashal etzim. You cannot use yourself as a covering. You're not a covering. You can't cover yourself. So we're saying that God is not able, or that's not the right word. The Abishter's power of concealment is not a concealment for him. Elsewhere gives the example of a turtle or a snail whose shell is of itself. It's not considered a concealment. And in this mimer, we're going to see a marshal, we're going to use the metaphor of a parable, that the one who gives a parable can see the truth through the parable. Although the student has, there's some kind of shift that the student has to, has to go through to go from parable to analog, but, in, but the teacher, he's able to see right through the parable as he's giving it, how this parable is for the analog. So in a similar way, the Abish's power to contract and hide his light is not a concealment for him. The Abish just sees through the concealment. The Abish is, 
it can't be that the consumer is a consumer for him because it comes from him. Let's read a few more lines till the end of this paragraph. Uh, and that's why the Pasuk says that Avai and Kim are one. They're both from the essence of Hashem. They're not really opposites at all. Why are they not opposites? Isn't Shemavaya revelation and Shemilakim concealment? So aren't they opposites? They're not opposites. Why? Because although Shemilakim is a power to conceal, although that's true, yet it doesn't conceal on Shemavaya. It cannot conceal on Shemavaya because it comes from the same place. It both come from Hashem. So it's not considered a real concealment. Does everyone understand that? It makes sense? Any questions? From Hashem's perspective, from the truth. It's not, it's not really a concealment. So Hashem tells us that, that the mitzvah is that we have to know this ourselves. We have to know that Avai is a lakim, that, that it's just like Yuki Vavke is an expression of Hashem. Hashem lakim is another way Hashem expresses himself, and it's not, the darkness isn't, is not darkness for Hashem. Hashem fills the world in the same way as did before the Simpson. The Simpson is not, is not real. Simpson does not hide for Hashem. The truth is that the Abishter, as we're going to say in Davening soon, or as Zev is saying, as he always accompanies the show with Karbonis, unless he's walking his dog. We say, just like you are before the world was created, so too are you the same after the world was created. The Tzimtzum does not affect anything at all. The Abishter's truth is the same before and after. I, I think they, they have a... Huh? I was going to say, is this similar to when you have a piece of the essence, you have the whole essence? So technically, since Elohim stems all the way back to essence through, say, the Hestoshalus, it's the whole essence? I don't, I don't know if that's the same point. I think it's a different point. That, 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 that when, you have part of the, when you talk about essence, then it's all, all one. I don't know if that's the same point. I think we're saying a different point here. I think the point over here is that there is no concealment on essence. I don't know if this is relevant or not, but I, I saw this for the first time yesterday. Um, I shared this with uh, the, the Fabrengen yesterday. The Friedrich Rebbe had a chastid who had, who had visited him in prison. I don't, I don't know who this chastid was, but the Friedrich told the chastid later, he said, I want you to remember how you saw me in prison. And the Rebbe analyzes this, these words of the Friedrich Rebbe. And one thing the Rebbe says is that the just as the chassid was able to see the Rebbe through the bars, and the bars did prevent the Fridic Rebbe on the surface from having hashpat of, of, of giving what he could to the chassidim, and yet the chassid was able to see the Rebbe through the bars, and seeing something is a connection of, of uh, essence, essence to essence. When you see something, there's a very deep bond, so although there were things that, that interrupted in the middle, but the Rebbe said, I want you to remember how you saw me through the bars, that the bars didn't, weren't a separation. This, this talk isn't edited, and the, it's, it's from people remembering what they heard, but it's, it sounds like the Rebbe is talking to the Chassid, I want you to remember that whatever's going on, you're always able to make a connection. And in a similar way, we're learning the Mimer that although there is Shem Elohim, although Hashem conceals himself, and Hashem conceals himself in many different ways throughout history, and, uh, and the Gemara uses the expression, there's no day which doesn't have more darkness than the day before. 
But the has to know that the the, the, aren't, the concealment isn't real. The Abishter is the one who makes the concealment. And the Abishter makes a concealment, then there is no concealment. It's not, it's not doesn't hide for him. So that's a truth. That's, the, the, here the Rabbi Rashab says a fact. But we're going to explain this in a way that we can understand as we go through this moment. This is, but this is the axiom. That since Hashemavai and Hashemakim both come from him, it's not considered a real concealment. not considered something that hides. I think we can readily understand ourselves, the, the analogy of a parable. You give a parable, you see through the parable. You know what the parable is for. Okay. You, if you gave the parable, so when I'll give the parable, you have to figure out what they're trying to say. All right. Let's go further on. Let's see any, any questions. Okay. Understand what these words mean. The Chudre in a move on by the new paragraph. Similarly, it's understood. The whole purpose of Shemelakim is to conceal. How can we say this? there is no concealment? How could both be true? That it conceals and doesn't conceal at the same time. Either it doesn't conceal because you can't, essence can't conceal essence, or it does conceal. How can they both be true? Understand this by ourselves, but by another analogy within ourselves. We see by a teacher and student that when the student is very distant from the teacher, like when a great wise man has to develop an idea that can be given over to a student who is who is way, way lower than the teacher. Different plan completely. So the Mashpia, the one who is giving over the idea, has to completely hide his own understanding. And only give the student what is relevant to him. If you reveal to him the depth and breadth of the idea, the way he has it, the student will be confused and will not be able to receive anything. Rather, he has to contract and hide the entire length and breadth and depth of the idea and only give the student a tiny ray of the idea and give it over in short, in a summary form that could be received by the student. And even this, he's giving over this tiny bit of the idea that he's giving over, over the student. He has to also use a parable to give over the idea as well. He has to use something which is foreign to the idea to give over the idea. It's like a, a parable is like a garment. It completely covers the thing that it's wearing. It's not, it's not part of the idea. I'm thinking about this professor teaching uh, first graders edition, and he goes to two apples and two apples, right? He has to completely forget about his trigonometry and geometry, and uh, he has to give over this two plus two is four thing. And that too, he can't give over the way it is. He has to bring in the apples. So the apples are not a part of the idea. The apples dress the idea. The, the, 
the parable is something which is strange and separate from the analog, which and and it covers the analog. However, through the parable, the student will be able to grasp the analog and understand it. He'll be able to get the analog and, the, and to know the point of the parable, just like clothing is supposed to fit the person who's wearing the clothing. So too, the parable will allow the, the idea to be properly and exactly understood. The parable is suited and close to the analog, and from the parable, be able to understand it. Chassidus says that a parable actually is the source, the analog is the source of the parable. That's, of course, talking about analog, parables that are Rebbeim give. When the, when the Rebbeim give a parable, their parables are uh, parables from absolute truth of, truth of the Torah. So, for example, the light of the sun, the reason why that's used as a parable for Yudke Vavke and Shem Elikim is because the sun the sun's light emanates from, it comes from Yudke Vavke, it has a relationship to Yudke Vavke, and the covering of the sun comes from Shem Elikim. So the parable, its origins are the analog. And the, uh, the Hasidim always analyze uh, it, when the Rebbe gives more than one parable, what's a, what does each parable contribute? And the parable on Torah is is uh, is exact, and there's a definite, there's something that's that's precise about the parable. That's a real parable given by in, in Torah. Rebbe Rashab once used the expression that he doesn't like people who give empty uh, empty forests and fields to use to, as parables to explain Hasidic concepts. People invent their own parables uh, because when we give our own parables, you know, we're, we're just trying to we're shooting in the dark. A real parable is something which is attuned to the analog. It's not just that you made up something and helps convey the idea. It's sort of like, you know, a, re- a real parable is like, uh, like the astronaut who needs a tool in, in space to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 he needs to make a hammer, right? He needs a hammer. He doesn't have a hammer. He needs to fix a space station. What's he going to do over there in, in space without, without a hammer? So he says, hello, Houston, I need a hammer. So what does Houston do? Houston sends, sends them a picture of a hammer. And he prints it in a 3D printer, and then he has a hammer. So it's 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 the same exact thing which was conveyed from the picture is now Bagashmi as he has the same exact thing. That's how a martial tear is. It actually comes from the truth. And now that this physical expression of the truth is is the parallel. The parable comes from that truth. It's printed. It's a 3D printer of of the idea. That's, That's a good martial of a martial. Thank you. Uh, I heard it from Rabbi Sheistal. This is the the idea of a oh wow. Anyways, point is that a, a real parable is attuned and fits to an analog. It's 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 made for the analog. It comes from the analog. The parable comes from the analog. That's a parable in Torah, and. Um, and although it's it's dressing the parable, dressing the idea, it's not the idea itself. It's something which is foreign to the idea. It's not the idea itself. Yet through the parable, the student can understand the idea. And we're going to say in Hashem how this works also in Shemayim that the way the Abisha conceals himself, he sees through the the concealment and how the concealment is for, and therefore it's not really considered a concealment for him. All right, everybody, have a great day. Suras Davis.